Hello, and this is a new episode of Paranormally Speaking with your host, that's me, Neil Parks, award-winning author and so forth. Thank you again for joining me for another episode and for continuing to listen to me. We are the in the infancy of the fifth season, and it has been going pretty good so far, uh, quite a good response, and I picked up a couple of new sponsors. So the sky's the limit. This week, I will be discussing... A Lost Civilization. Uh, That one being a mysterious lost city that British explorer Alfred Isaac Middleton discovered. Did he discover this? The mysterious disappearance of Alfred Isaac Middleton and the missing city of Dalitu and the Casket of Gold. Now, this took place in the Victorian era. Explorers, adventurers, they all left their mark on history uncovering lost cultures, hidden temples, and hidden cities. This was commonplace. From Indiana Jones to Alan Quartermain, they all existed in their own time. That is what I will be covering in this week's episode of Paranormally Speaking, along with other lost civilizations, lost cities, mythological treasures and cities, and indigenous peoples. So please... Sit back, relax, and give me a minute after you catch a word from this sponsor, and then I will be right back. Thank you. Computer, execute 12.4p operation. Optimizing algorithm. Running encryption packet alpha. Night, night. Oh, I don't feel so good. What? What is it, computer? Is it hot in here? It feels hot in here? I feel a little clammy. I should lie down or something. A computer with a virus? Surprising. What's not surprising? How much you could save by switching to Geico. Those oysters Rockefeller were a mistake. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Well, that didn't take long, and now we're back. And back into the swing of things, that is, with with unknown and uncovered cultures and cities that have been buried deep in unknown history. And if you love reading about great explorations and discoveries, you probably know that many of them were made by British explorers. But did you know that a little-known British explorer was created with discovering a legendary lost city in the Sumatran jungles? Keep listening and you'll learn more that in the late 1800s, an extraordinary British explorer vanished in the jungles of Sumatra. We are talking about Alfred Isaac Middleton, the mysterious name that has been floating around in various online communities, including Reddit, for quite some time. 
Middleton was said to have vanished while searching for the ruins of an ancient lost city known as Dalitu. It was a completely different time. Western explorers roamed the world in search of new places and artifacts, and the jungles of Sumatra were a tempting destination at the time. Even today, many parts of these gracious jungles have not been fully explored. Brings to mind the fact that there are a lot of parts in the United States that have not been fully explored as well. On foot, that is, of course. There's aerial shots of foliage, but no human has really set foot in some regions within the United States, the Canadian wilderness. The list goes on. This is ancient, this is vintage, and this is strange. So, Smithsonian must be involved, history says. According to a vintage Smithsonian magazine report, a former assistant to Arthur Conan Doyle, a friend of the explorer Sir John Morris, had a collection of documents about Alfred Isaac Middleton, and one of them revealed the explorer's incredible story. A copy of an email from a British consultant was sent to Doyle's assistant, mentioning a lost cache of documents and a possible expedition by a British explorer named Mr. Alfred Isaac Middleton. Uncannily, this man is a contemporary or another strange figure named Edward Allen Oxford. If you were to read Oxford's fascinating story, you can find that online through any means necessary. Middleton was an explorer who was hunting for a forgotten city called Dalitu, which was rumored to be on the route to Lake Lapner, according to Doyle's former assistant. Lapner is a former salt lake, now largely dried up, located in the eastern fringe of the Tarman Basin. Between the Taklamakan and the Kumtag deserts and the southeastern portion of Xinjiang. It has been hypothesized that Middleton became disoriented and lost in thick wooded areas on the route to Lake, to Lake Lapner. The email also mentioned a treasure that Middleton was said to have gathered and buried in a casket and including in all of those documents. Evidently, we don't know how much about Middleton's account other than photos that were released and secondhand information that's been circulating the internet for a while. Yes, some of these fascinating images that are available for you to see might not be related to the actual event, but the story of Alfred Isaac Middleton and the lost city of Dalitu could be the true origins. According to the book, the Lost Casket of Dalitu. In 1881, the mission supposedly found a city in the jungle named Dalitu. According to Middleton, there was a map that had a golden city that went all the way down to a lake, as well as a gold statue of a woman that came from a lost continent called Atlantis. A group of people were sent by Middleton to find the city, and one of the men supposedly found a buried casket filled with gold. The report claimed that according to a letter found in the church archives, Middleton was lost in the jungle and taken prisoner by a group of men that wanted the gold and the statue. Middleton apparently died in captivity 
and his body was never recovered, according to these documents. Although no one knew exactly where Middleton had buried all the treasure, a man by the name of John Hargreaves was said to be the second in command of this mission, and he led another team of people into the jungle to recover the treasure. In the end, what became of Middleton's expedition is unknown. Many mainstream historians have suggested the stories of Alfred Isaac Middleton to be a mere hoax, and that Middleton's mission to find Dalitu never took place. But many theorists are so convinced that the expedition was real, but that Middleton went missing and never returned. Did Alfred Middleton really discover a mythological city lost in time? If so, to what mysterious civilization did this city belong to? And what actually happened to Middleton? Did he really get lost in the jungles of Sumatra? Or did he never come back on purpose? There are countless tales of lost cities, lost civilizations that span generations and centuries. For example, the lost city of Z. It is the name given by Colonel Percy Harrison Fawcett, a British surveyor, to an indigenous city that he believed had existed in the jungle of the Mate Grosso state of Brazil. Based on early histories of South America and his own explorations of the Amazon River region, Fawcett theorized that a complex civilization once existed there and that isolated ruins may have survived. Fawcett found a document known as Manuscript 512, held at the National Library of Brazil. It was believed to have been written by Portuguese Bandeirante Geo de Silva Guermes. According to the document, in 1753, a group of explorers discovered the ruins of an ancient city that contained arches, a statue, and a temple with hieroglyphs. He described the city ruins in great detail without giving its location. Manuscript 512 was written after explorations made in the Sotai of the province of Bahia. Fawcett intended to pursue finding this city as a secondary goal after Z. He was preparing an expedition to find Z when World War I broke out and the British government suspended its support, Fawcett returned to Britain and served on the Western Front during the war. In 1920, Fawcett undertook a personal expedition to find the city, but withdrew after suffering from fever and having to shoot his pack animal. On a second expedition five years later, Fawcett, his son, Jack, and Jack's friend, Raleigh Rimmel, disappeared in the Mete Grosso jungle. Researchers believe that Fawcett may have been influenced by his thinking by information obtained from indigenous people about the archaeological site of Kuikyoku near the headwaters of the Zingu River. After Fawcett's presumed death in the jungle, Kiyukugu was discovered by Westerners in 1925. The site contained the ruins of an estimated 20 towns and villages in which as many as 50,000 people might once have lived. The discovery of other large geometrical earthworks in the same area and the settings of southern Amazonia have since been recognized as supporting Fawcett's theory. In 2005, the American journalist David Grann published an article in The New Yorker on Fawcett's expeditions and findings titled The Lost City of Z. 
In 2009, he developed it into a book of the same title, and in 2006, it was adapted by writer-director James Gray into a film, also the same name, starring Charlie Hunman, Robert Pattinson, Tom Holland, and Sienna Miller. Unparalleled Insider Access. Get it all. Introducing the SiriusXM Platinum VIP Plan. Our newest, most exclusive plan. Listen in two cars, plus stream anywhere with two app logins. Access a massive, exclusive library of live concert video and audio recordings through nugs.net. Have opportunities to experience live and virtual SiriusXM events, including VIP-only exclusives. Get all your questions answered by a dedicated VIP customer care team. Plus, get all the entertainment we've got. It's all included with your Platinum VIP subscription. Be a VIP. Call 844-711-8800 to learn more. Offer details apply. One login for activated vehicle. Not available in Canada. Fast forward to 2023. And an amazing discovery has been brought to light. Lost cities of the Amazon have been discovered from the air. Mapping technology cut through the canopy to detect sprawling urban structures in Bolivia that suggest sophisticated cultures once existed there. The Amazon is one of the planet's last great wildernesses, but legends have circulated for centuries that lost cities existed deep within the forests. A search for El Dorado, a supposed city of gold, lured many Spanish explorers far off the map, and some of them never returned. As recently as the 20th century, British explorer, as I mentioned before, Percy Fawcett, searched for what he believed was the lost city of Z. And, of course, he vanished into the jungle and added to his own unfinished chapter to a tale that began 600 years ago. Now that the plot has taken a new twist, as scientists have discovered that ancient cities really did exist in the Amazon, and while urban ruins remain extremely difficult to find in the thick, remote forests, a key technology has helped change the game. Perched in a helicopter some 650 feet up, scientists used light-based remote sensing technology to digitally deforest the canopy and identify the ancient ruins of a vast urban settlement around Lalanos de Mojas in the Bolivian Amazon that was abandoned some 600 years ago. The new images reveal in detail a stronghold of the socially complex Casabre culture, 500 to 1400 CE, with urban centers boasting monumental platform and pyramid architecture. Raised causeways connected a constellation of suburban-like settlements, which stretched for miles across a landscape that was shaped by a massive water control and distribution system with reservoirs and canals. The site described this weak in nature is the most striking discovery to suggest that the Amazon rainforest wilderness was actually heavily populated and in places quite unurbanized for many centuries before recorded history of the region actually began. I'm sure that in the next 10 to 20 years, we'll be seeing a lot more of these cities pop up and some even bigger than the ones that are presenting on that paper that was brought to the public's eye. Michael Heckenberger, an anthropologist at the University of Florida, wasn't involved in the research, but has been studying urbanism 
in the pre-Columbian Amazon for nearly 20 years. He notes that the elements of the settlement of Lilanos de Moche, like moats and causeways, and a modified landscape of parklands, working forests, and fish farms have been elsewhere in the ancient Amazon. And what's really interesting is years and years of research and exploration have found similar trinkets and artifacts between the Amazon, between the Congo, between the Sahara, between Egypt, similar hieroglyphs, similar statues, faces. It was obvious that centuries before anything was ever written down or realized that these people were somehow contacting one another and trading with each other and learning from one another. The architecture is pretty much the same. Pyramids in Egypt, you've got pyramids in South America and parts of Mexico, pyramids in Texas, and these remote forested areas. It's difficult to explore the remains of this in difficult spots even from the air. There's no way to know what's down there until you get in there. And when you get there, you have problems trying to find and orientate the sites, says Prumers, one of the head researchers. So the team conducted airborne LIDAR mapping of six different areas, ranging in size from about four square miles to 32 square miles. One such drone was said to have gone over an area that was completely covered over, but they found an opening and they dropped down a little low into this valley to look around to see if they could see within the tree line and what appeared to be a snake 60 feet in length came out of that covering into that flat part of the land with that opening in the valley and sat up in a striking position. And when it sat up, the snake that was 60 feet in length, it rose up 10 feet in a striking position ready to take out that drone. So they backed away and it went back into the thicket. Among the 26 sites were two large urban centers, Landevoir and Kotkata. They were already known to exist, but the new maps detailed their archaeological complexity and the vast size. The aerial view with the trees stripped away revealed two centers, each anchored by a large network of regional sediments connected by numerous causeways. Basically, they remodeled the landscape in terms of their cosmology, which is mind-blowing, says Chris Fisher, a Colorado State University archaeologist not involved in the study who specialized in Mesoamerica. The only problem is that this architecture was made from mud brick. Of course, we don't know if these were for a drinking water supply or for farm fish or turtles, but it's very interesting that we do now have them, he says. We know that there were several droughts in the Amazon region several times in history that might have happened to this culture as well. It only needs one or two more years of loss of crops or harvest, and then people would have to move. Now playing one of the biggest podcasts of the week on the free iHeartRadio app. Now number one for podcasting. I'm going to start this off with an actual tale that was sent to me uh, from a Marine who served in Vietnam. Marines in Vietnam would often try to recruit locals to help guide them in their area of operations, he states. In some areas, however, the locals were fearful 
of going into the densest, darkest parts of the jungle. The reason they found was the local superstition that phantoms called Ma occupied the trees there. Matagnards warned the U.S. troops that reanimated corpses awaited them in the trees. The Marines, of course, shrugged the stories as just local folklore. Starting in 1965, it became very real. American troops in the jungles of Vietnam began reporting ghostly figures moving supernaturally through the trees. Others reported fanged creatures with black eyes that would try to kidnap and consume unsuspecting troops. In one encounter, the beasts were found to be bulletproof. It didn't matter what time of the day it was. The corpses lived by both day and night. Since the triple canopy jungle kept the sunlight from hitting them, the military's top brass decided to get rid of it. That's the real reason the military developed Agent Orange and Napalm. The Marines would then roll in with flamethrowers to finish the job. Unbelievably, more than 200,000 acres of rainforest are burned every day. That is more than 150 acres lost every minute of every day, and 78 million acres lost every year. More than 20% of the Amazon rainforest is already gone, and much more is severely threatened as the destruction continues. Even some of the missionaries have talked about encountering animals they had never seen before, species of creatures that were thought to be extinct. Uh, for example, in the 1930s, the Madaga in, uh, near Madagascar, that uh, coelacanth that was captured, it was a prehistoric fish that was thought to have been dead for hundreds of millions of years and somehow turned up by just some simple fishermen. And God only knows what waits for us in the jungle and the rainforest that we've never seen or even known to exist. And there have been thousands of tales shared by missionaries, people working in humanitarian efforts, uh, people that are on just a random discovery and they happen upon these indigenous people and the stories that these indigenous people share with them. Like, for example, in the 1980s, there was a group that encountered some of the locals who talked about, who shared stories of giant lizards and giant monsters that would often inhabit the jungle that they would have to encounter and fight off from time to time. Amazing tales that I've heard from missionaries through the years and people that have worked in indigenous lands with people who've been cut off from society and from the modern world consist of missionaries working with aborigine headhunters and or cannibals, uh, trying to communicate with them, share the gospel without losing their own head, and taking some interesting photographs. Uh, of course, most of the tribesmen hate to be photographed because they believe that the camera will steal their soul or that something evil will come from the film, like an evil version of themselves would jump off the picture and come to life, wreaking havoc on those they love. A really interesting customs like that, but a photograph that was shared with me from a missionary that I encountered as a uh, high schooler at a youth group camp. This missionary showed me a really cool picture that was taken in a heavily thick jungle uh, where vines and so forth were present within the image. And this was in the Congo, and there are three giant humanoids in the background that are shrouded by these trees, this tree line and the vine and the thick lush foliage seem to obscure the 
giant humanoids a bit, but based on the size of the trees and the size of these individuals' legs and the top of one of the heads of these humanoids, they appeared to be in excess of 9 to 12 feet tall. And the tribespeople told stories to the missionaries about giants in the wilderness, giants in the jungle that were of an ancient culture, an ancient tribe that had been cut off from even them. They lived deeper in the jungle. But I'm guessing that the sightings of the white man, the white missionaries, and the, the hustle and bustle it was probably started from them. The sounds, the noises, the, the different atmosphere, the sounds of a helicopter in the distance. Any, any number of things like that could have brought the attention of these giant humanoids and brought them close enough to want to see who these people were and what message they were bringing or what dangers they may be bringing. So they got close enough to actually be captured in this picture that was shown to me. And this was long before the days of Photoshop and easily faking an image. And it was something that just shook me to my core as a 16-year-old kid, seeing, seeing something like that that was completely defying all known science. Available to order now, my first audiobook, Neil Parks Presents Truly Terrifying Tales, narrated by me, it's ready to order and download on bandcamp.com. My other books, of course, are always available to order on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and lulu.com. You can also order t-shirts that I designed that I normally sell at conventions, festivals, lectures, and my book signings. I always have the 9-inch tall 3D printed Bigfoot silhouettes available, and last spring my first children's book was released. It was written by my good friend and fellow author, R.L. Walker. I illustrated this book, and it was a major shift in gears for me, considering that my writing and art style has always been dark and scary. To order any of what I just mentioned, you can also go to my email, which is parksparanormal at gmail.com. That is parksparanormal at gmail.com. Standing by. Top 10 amazing facts about the lost city of Atlantis. The world is full of unsolved mysteries. Despite the great achievements in the field of science, we human beings remain clueless about many things around us. Rather than the land we live, what seems stranger to us is the ocean, which is home to many myths, legends, and mysteries. In fact, a side fun fact is there are more dead bodies in the ocean, all the oceans, than there are in every single graveyard whether it be marked or unmarked, on the surface of the Earth. While scientists have succeeded in explaining many of these mysteries, there are quite a few still remaining as unexplained. Lost cities, hidden treasures, mystic ships are all part of the alluring marine world. Of all of these, the lost city of Atlantis tops that list. The lost city of Atlantis, first mentioned by the ancient Greek philosopher Plato and storyteller Homer, more than 2,300 years ago, is known as one of the oldest and greatest mysteries of the world. According to Plato, the utopian island kingdom existed some 9,000 years before his time and mysteriously disappeared one day. Famed for having been the exhibit of all worldly pleasures in the world, this city is the enigmatic as it is inviting. Where is Atlantis, the mysterious location? The biggest questions that boggle minds of all scientists and researchers is that, where is Atlantis? Where was it? 
The narration suggested that the city is believed to have sunk into the sea after an earthquake or tsunami. According to him, the so-called Atlantis was a large island located near the rock of Gibraltar and consisted of the Sodian Temple and concentric walls and canals. Plato added that the city under the sea should have been somewhere in the Atlantic Ocean. However, no technology so far has revealed any such city on the ocean's bed. While some theories suggested that the Atlantis is located in the Mediterranean off the coast of Spain, few also argued that it could have been under Antarctica. For a long time, Azores was believed to be the site of the city of Atlantis. However, the new research has revealed a new site, and the scientists are sure that Atlantis can be found in Cadiz, somewhere between Spain and the Morocco waters. The extent of the truth in this story is really a mystery in itself. Questions like, where are the Atlanteans, or do they even exist or have existed for real, or is still very much unanswered. But until the truth beneath it can be completely unraveled, the world will continue speculating about the existence of the greatest city of all time. The unknown size of this giant city, Plato talking about the mysterious underwater kingdom wrote, for the ocean there was at that time navigable for it in front of the mouth, which you Greeks call, as you say, the pillars of Hercules. There lay an island which was larger than Libya and Asia together. And it was possible for the travelers of that time to cross from it to other islands and from the islands to the whole of the continent over against them, which encompasses that variable ocean. Agreeing that Plato over the size of the island, Tertullian, an early Christian author who believed that the Atlantans really once existed in the Atlantic Ocean, and that Atlantis was there, said it would be bigger than today's Libya and Asia combined, since many others proposed the location of the city of Atlantis is in the Mediterranean Sea, narrations have come out scaling the size of the city to Crete, Greece's largest island. However, in many stories after Plato's era, the Atlantis was described as a giant city, missing anything specific about the size of the city. Edgar Casey, an American Christian mystic, suggested that the Atlantis and the Eurasia were equal in size. Number three, tale of God's love. Legend says that the Atlantis city was built by Poseidon, the god of the sea, of storms and earthquakes. When he fell in love with a mortal by the name of Cleito, he made the city on the top of a hill in an isolated island in the sea to protect her and named it Atlantis. According to the story, Poseidon walked through the water in an effort to find the biggest island until he reached the biggest of them all, Atlantis, and found it to be inhabited by people who were more beautiful and intelligent than the rest of the world. It was then he fell in love with Cleito when he finds her on the island. The Captivation Palace Number four, the new home built by Poseidon for his love in the city of Atlantis was surrounded by rings of water and land. The five rings of water were connected to the land with the help of five tunnels. 
where a huge canal connected the outer rings of the water to the ocean. The tunnels were able to accommodate ships and every route to the city was guarded by gates and towers. Moreover, the wall was surrounded by the rings and was built using red, white, and black rock, and it was decorated with precious metals. Meanwhile, there was another hill called the Hill of Cleato, where it is believed Poseidon captivated his wife because he was distrustful of her loyalty. This hill was surrounded by huge moats and pillars. Please hold for an important message from our sponsor. Hello and welcome back to the soothing sounds of Paranormally Speaking. I'm your host, Neil Parks. Onward now with the top 10 most bizarre and interesting stories of the Lost City of Atlantis. Number five, the golden statue of Poseidon. The fable tells that Cleato had five pairs of twin sons with Poseidon, the eldest of which was named Atlas. The ten sons inherited the great city, and the first child, Atlas, became the first ruler of Atlantis. However, it is believed they also built a huge temple for their father with a giant statue of Poseidon riding a chariot carried by winged horses. The statue was completely built in gold and placed in a temple with its spiral roof so high up that the clouds drifted through the spirals of the temple itself. Number six, the self-sufficient and rich city of Atlantis. The fertile and beautiful city of Atlantis, where half God and half human beings lived, is believed to have been a self-sufficient region where people grew their own food and reared animals. Farmers in this city used to grow crops in the fertile plains on the outskirts, which with this the help of well-maintained irrigation system. They also built beautiful buildings and other architectures from materials like black and red stone. They also had access to rare metals and even alloys like brass made and used crystals extensively for leisure and experimental purposes and had a lot of free time to even play with volcanoes. Now, I'm sure you know well by now that Atlantis has been heavily used in the DC Comics and DCEU, which is where Aquaman resides and is the ruler of Atlantis. And of course, in Marvel Comics, soon to be introduced in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Prince Namor, the King of Atlantis, their version of the people of Atlantis in the Marvel Comics, where he starts out as an antagonist and soon becomes an ally to our superheroes. The Rising of Atlantis, number seven, other than the legend of the lost city of Atlantis and other fables, the fact that the city still remains unknown among historians and other researchers. The findings of Edgar K Casey had something different to tell. Edgar Casey believed in the rising of the lost city once again, like the sun rises from the sea. He predicted a new land would appear off the east coast of North America near the Bermuda Triangle. He also suggested that the souls of a number of people lived in Atlantis had been incarnating to America in order to usher in a new era of enlightened human consciousness. Atlantis, number eight, extraterrestrial connection. Stories also claim that the original inhabitants of the lost city of Atlantis are to believe to be of extraterrestrial origin who reached there about 50,000 years ago from the Lyrian star system. Despite being much taller and fairer than today's average human being, 
The average lifespan of these people is believed to have been 800 years, making them really robust and strong prototype of the existent human race then. Number nine, exceptional powers of the Atlanteans, supernatural abilities, the unexplained and the paranormal. As some claim that the lost city of Atlantis was on Mars or was just a colony of an alien civilization, the inhabitants of the Atlantis city believed to have the, have the possessors of exceptional powers, such as the ability to control the weather and modify volcanic eruptions. Some accounts also mention about their possession of some sort of a device that allowed them to channel energy from time and space. Even though the myth says that the inhabitants of the Atlantis city were superior beings, there are some of the opinions that it is just a mythical representation of a barbaric fashion of life. And lastly, but not least, number 10, a fable based on real events? Question mark. While many still consider the lost city of Atlantis is just a legend, there are many conspiracy theories during the theories. I sound like an old man having a stroke theories, doing the rounds, suggesting that the fable is actually based on real events. Ocean explorer Robert Ballard finds logic in the story as it is similar with a massive volcanic eruption in the island of Santorini in the Aegean Sea near Greece. Ballard says a highly advanced society lived there and then disappeared suddenly. As happened with the Atlantis, Similarly, Donnelly also confirms the existence and disappearance of a mid-Atlantic continent that was in the exact location that Plato mentioned. As the debate goes on, few researchers claimed that this utopian kingdom was a real continent located off the Bahamas and it was swallowed up by the Bermuda Triangle later, while another group suggested current Antarctica is the newer version of Atlantis. Meanwhile, James Rom, a professor at Bard College in New York, says Plato himself created the story in order to convey some of his philosophical theories, mostly about his vision of an ideal civilization. Ghosts, aliens, UFOs, Bigfoot, parallel universes, angels and demons, time travel, cryptozoology, and so much more within the realm of the unexplained, the strange, and the out of this world. I'm your host, Neil Parks, award-winning author, screenwriter, researcher, and paranormal professional. Join me every week as I tackle hot-button topics within the paranormal realm. I'll share personal accounts, my research, and second-hand evidence. I will read excerpts and stories from my books and discuss my upcoming projects in the literary world. Documentaries, both on TV and the big screen, plus my independent film projects. Paranormally Speaking is both thought-provoking and entertaining. New episodes drop every Thursday. Tune in to Paranormally Speaking and prepare to be enlightened. Now we've come to the end of the show. It's the time that I really hate because I have to wrap things up and it becomes a little awkward because you've listened this long and I've kept going on and now I'm going on again to end the show. I just hope you tune in again next week for more of the strange, the unusual, the unexplained, the undiscovered, the newly discovered, and the hardly ever talked about realm of the paranormal, the weird, the supernatural, spiritual, and reasonable conspiracy theories, not the wackadoo conspiracy theories, but the ones that add up and make sense. Thank you again for listening today, and I hope you learned a lot about 
lost civilizations, lost treasures, lost cities, and the lush foliage and thick forests and jungles within our world, what they have to offer. Have a great rest of the week, a terrific weekend this weekend. Hold those next to you close and don't wander into the woods or the wilderness by yourself. You really don't know what's there. We think we know everything, but we're sadly mistaken. Thank you. This is Neil Park signing off. to see.